What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Taz. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. Have you ever loved somebody so much it made you cry? Have you ever needed something so bad you can't sleep at night? Have you ever tried to find the words but they won't turn out right? Have you ever... Have you ever... This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your terms. We have been working very hard on our Squarespace website and we are so excited for you all to see it. They have flexible website templates. So if you're not a design girly, it's okay. You can still have an amazing standout website. They also have amazing analytics that will help you grow your business. You can learn where your site visits and your sales are coming from. You can analyze which channels are most effective. And if you ask Taz, the analytics is what's most important to her, which maybe mean that it's most important to you. And they let you set up your online store. I know you all have been waiting on your Sisters Who Kill merch, and I am here to tell you that it's coming. And when it does, you will know that Squarespace was all in the mix. So check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash sisters to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's right, squarespace.com to save 10% off of your first purchase of a website or domain. I am so excited to see what you create and I cannot wait for you to see what we've created. I have really been taking eating healthy seriously. No, for real, like... My goal for 2024 is to lose a couple of pounds. We have this live show coming up and I do not want anything hanging out while I'm in front of you guys. Luckily, it has been so easy to find good food to eat because I have been using Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest really takes the guesswork and effort out of cooking because they deliver delicious smoothies and other options that are built on organic fruits and vegetables straight to my door. And when it comes to variety, Daily Harvest is always keeping it accessible exciting, which I love. They have tons of great smoothies and other meal options that look so delicious. I never get bored when it comes to meals and snacks, which was a problem for me when I was meal prepping because I didn't want to eat chicken every single day. I don't have that problem anymore with the variety that comes with Daily Harvest. So take the guessing out of eating well and try Daily Harvest for a limited time only. Go to dailyharvest.com slash sisters to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash sisters for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Dailyharvest.com slash sisters.
Our players this week are Brian Christopher Smith, Ebony's husband and our victim, and Ebony Smith, our murderess. Ebony Passion Smith was born in 1981 somewhere that I hopefully assume correctly is in Georgia. It was actually very hard to find background information about Ebony, mainly because I could not find her maiden name. And then if you just look up Ebony Passion, like trying to find where the newspapers will announce your birth in like Macon, Georgia, because it seems like a lot of the story takes place in the Macon, Warner Robins, Georgia area. It comes up with like back page Ebony, passionate for lovemaking, meet me up at this time. And that definitely wasn't her, at least as far as we know. But we do know that she was born in 1981, and she lived somewhat, hopefully, a normal life. And we do know that in 2001, she was in a relationship with another man, and she actually had a son by that man. After her and her man broke up, her and her son, they were conquering the world. And then she met herself a man in uniform, because you know, in Warner Robins, Georgia, there's not just a Bucky's. There's an Air Force base. And she met Airman Brian Christopher Smith. He was born on February 7th, 1981 in Oglethorpe, Georgia. To his parents, Sandra Kendrick Smith and his father, Jeffrey A. Smith. He was the oldest of three sons. So he had a brother named Calvin and a brother named Marcus. He graduated from Macon County High School and then he entered the Air Force soon after. If the Air Force base is down there, I'm sure their ROTC is like crazy strong. While in the Air Force, he went on to teach school at the Shepard Air Force Base in Texas, where he learned to be a C-130 aircraft mechanic. He also served briefly at the base in Travis, California, but he was back home in the Warner Robins, Georgia area. And it looks like this is the place that he was planning on being at before he ultimately retired. Brian was one of those people that you really love to be around. Friends, family, they all looked up to him. His nickname was Smitty. When he met Ebony, it seemed like the perfect timing. Everything was going right. Their relationship was going well, and so well that they ended up getting married in 2007. They had a daughter of their own, Brucia Smith, and they were this perfect little family, a little Berenstein Bear family, you know? You got your mom, your dad, your daughter, your son. It's perfect. It's complete. They all lived together on 119J Drive, and everything seemed to be going well. But then the marriage started experiencing some issues. Brian started having some extramarital affairs. Arguments started a-brewing. These arguments started getting out of hand. This happy home was not as happy as it once was. At this time, Brian and Ebony had been married for four years. For him to start stepping out, it's like, a what? Like, why? What was changed? You didn't even wait till you got the seven-year itch. Four years? Four years? And now on top of that, allegedly, Brian had begun abusing Ebony. As much as you think Ebony will be the one to say, I've had enough, Brian decided that he was ready to get a divorce. He didn't like the way his house was functioning. They arguing in front of the kids. He yelling, talking about, you're not about to bitch me in front of my kids. It was chaotic to the point where sometimes they would take the kids to family members, like Brian's brother, they'd drop them off over there so the kids just didn't have to hear them arguing. It's not like the arguments was going to stop, so at least let's remove the kids so we can argue in peace. I would hate to be that angry all the time. Like, I'm so angry, we were already arguing. Let me take a drive, drop the kids off, take a drive back. Drives are usually very peaceful if you let them be. And now we're going to argue again and then go pick up the kids so that now we can pretend like we're happy. Like, that sounds exhausting. Mm-hmm. 
This whole time, Brian had been meeting up with a lawyer. He's jotting up his paperwork. He's over it. You don't want nothing else to do with this woman. We can raise these kids together, but as far as me and you, this relationship has been over. So on July 15th of 2011, he goes to Ebony. He's like, I can't do this shit no more. I want a divorce, and she has served the papers. To add insult to injury, the papers says, I want full custody of Brescia. He said, you know, his wife had been acting crazy, and he don't need his daughter around that shit. He's like, I can take care of my daughter on my own. You want to wild out and that crazy, that's on you. But I'm going to be there for my daughter. <laughs> of course, this did not sit well with Ebony. Nigga, one, a divorce, nigga, two, my child? <laughs> what, what kind of games are you playing here? I don't understand. Like, what do you he even... He said, that's my child, too. That's my child, too. Full custody? He didn't like even hit nut. me with a let's split the custody or work out something. Full custody of my I'm working girl? at the military base. I'm the one that's paying the bills around this bitch. Of my little girl? I think not. You got so, your son? Needs to both of them. Brian and Ebony, they're in the house arguing again. And Brian's like, I ain't got to take this shit. He leaves the house to go cool off and he takes his daughter with him he goes and he drops his daughter over at his brother's house because his little baby don't need to be seeing and hearing all of this right now he tells ebony as he's leaving he'll come back later so they can discuss this situation like adults basically meaning get your emotions in check because when i come back we'll have a civil conversation i'm tired of arguing with you i'm over since you want to be fucking childish Brian goes, he drops his daughter off at his brother's house. He gives his daughter a kiss, and he says, all right, baby girl, daddy going to be right back. Hugs his little baby and leaves her with her uncle. Now back at the house, Ebony is spiraling. Like, this nigga think he's about to take my kid. First of all, this nigga want to treat me like this? He want to cheat on me? He want to beat me? And he think he going to give me a divorce? Me? You going to hit me with the papers? And you going to take my child, my daughter? Nigga, you fucking crazy. You thought? So Ebony is spinning, like, can't catch a grip if you were giving it to her on a platter. Like, she can't get control. So then she starts popping a bunch of pills, just throwing them back, whatever she can find in the cabinet. She don't care because her world is crumbling down. She losing her man. She losing her daughter, her whole family. Like, what is happening here? So she takes a bunch of pills and she waits for something to happen. And you know what happens? Brian comes home without their daughter. And now Ebony's like, oh, you're trying to take my baby for real. Where the fuck is Brisha at? And Brian like, calm down, you need a... Where the fuck is Brisha at? Girl, we about to have a conversation. Where is Brisha? She ain't trying to hear none of that shit. All she want to know is where her daughter at. You have already, like, legally threatened me to take her away from me. Don't play with me. Where is my daughter? While all of this is happening, of course, Brian took Brisha out of the home, but her son, I believe, was already out of the home when this transpired. Don't worry, he's not here suffering through all of this. She's going crazy. They could quit playing with me. Where my daughter at? Where my baby at? In her head, she's thinking, like, what would my life be without my baby girl? Like, it would break my heart into pieces. Brian, fuck you. If you want to leave at this point, leave. But my daughter, you can't have her. You, you just cannot. All while she's sitting there going crazy, Brian ignoring all the shit. 
Quit asking me where Brisha at. We gonna talk about this divorce. She don't give a damn about this divorce, nigga. Produce the child. Where's the child? All this talking she doing, he decided he ain't gonna listen. She decides she gonna make him listen. She goes to the room. She gets his 40 caliber, which is loaded with 13 bullets. And she fires a shot in his direction. Nigga, you thought I was playing? I'm not. Tell me where the fuck Brisha at. He's like, yo, nigga, you tripping. You gonna shoot at me? He was like, for real? That's what we doing, Ebony? That's what we doing? She was like, nigga, stop playing with me. That first one was a warning. You gonna talk or it's gonna be consequences. Tell me where my daughter's at. Now, this is all happening in the hallway. And Brian, he's like, you know... At, he he got to take her at least a, a little seriously because she done already left off a shot. It's not like she just pointing a gun at him. She done pulled the trigger. So he backing up. Girl, you need to calm the fuck down. Get that fucking gun out of my face. Ebony was like, all right, nigga, you don't want to talk? Fires again. This time she hits Brian. She fires again and again until all of the bullets were out of the gun. Brian is now laid out in the bathroom like it's it's almost like she backed him into the hallway bathroom he's laid out there and she starts spinning again now this nigga dead and i don't know where my baby at she goes and she takes some more pills she crawls into their bed she pulls the covers over her head now i don't know what pills she took specifically definitely a cocktail i think she was grabbing whatever was in the house hoping that something would just take her out of her misery and she pulled the covers over her head, hoping that it would all be over. So Brian's brothers, they all know what's going on. They're really concerned. Of course, they're making sure that the baby all right. And so one of his brothers is like, it's been a while, and I ain't heard from Brian yet. Usually, you know, he, he'll give me an update, make sure that everything's okay. And so he tried to give his brother a call. Ring, 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 no answer. And he's like, okay. He grown. He don't have to answer the phone. Gives him another call. Ring, 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 no answer. And so they're brothers. They're, you know, it. we're family. If I call you two times in a row, I don't care what you're doing. You call me back. And so he decides, I'm going to give it another little time. Ring, 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 no answer. So he's like, I'm pulling up in my brother's house because there ain't no way that he's still not answering the phone. Like, this is just not like him. So he pulls up to 119J Drive and it says that he just walks in. I'm assuming that he has a spare because that's his brother's house. That's what I'm assuming. He enters the house and he sees Brian laying in the hallway. He's like halfway in the bathroom, the hallway bathroom, halfway in the hallway. It's very clear to see that he is dead and that he has been riddled with bullets. There's shell casings everywhere. And so he runs out the house, picks up the phone, calls 911. At 5.59 p.m. on July 15th, 911 was dispatched to their house and they found Brian's body. Now, they're looking and they're his brother's like, his wife's supposed to be right here somewhere. We don't know where she is. And the police are searching the home. Is anybody in here? Anybody in here? And lo and behold, they find Ebony ass under the covers. You know what? Like she not had a bad dream. You know what I don't, No, girl. You ever, when you were, like, in elementary school, your mom came to pick you up from a sleepover and you didn't want to go, or you, you was like, pretend I'm not here. Tell them I'm not here. 
and I'm going to go hide like your mom was going to leave you because they said, oh, she's not here. I actually never had a sleepover as a child, but. <laughs> oh, okay. All so, right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll keep going. <laughs> she was hiding on the covers like she had a bad dream. So they pull back the covers and they see Ebony and Ebony is like, she's taking a lot of pain pills. So she is not in her full state of mind. She's very lethargic. And the police are like, ma'am, you need to come with us. So initially the police, they take her into custody and then she's taken to a medical center in central Georgia and they put her on ICU. They actually ended up having to put her on life support because of how many different chemicals were in her system while she was trying to go through the self-checkout. After a few days, they put her into like a regular room and then she was sent down to the central state hospital. At the hospital, she was evaluated and diagnosed with major depressive disorder recurrent with severe and psychotic features. They said that she was having delusions or hallucinations, and those delusions and and hallucinations, they seriously were impairing her ability to function, and they considered her at extremely high risk for suicide. They were like, we're going to have to hold her at the hospital for a little while. I remember when they found her, they found her in a pretty rough state. So they were like, okay, let's put our focus back on Brian. Let's see what happened at this house because maybe she was scared. Maybe something happened and she ran and was hiding. Brian's autopsy comes back and he has gunshot wounds in his chest, his abdomen, his left hand, his right arm, his right leg. And they're looking at this and they're like his left hand and his right arm that clearly shows that he had his hands up at some point. Like it wasn't like he was the aggressor and somebody got the upper hand. He was in the defensive position. Brian's funeral was held on July 23rd, 2011, at his alma mater, Macon County High School. That's cute. Do I want to have my funeral at Tucker? I think I could do it. Do you? I don't really like them that much. That's what I should say. Why would you? <laughs> you are not reminiscent can, of maybe it at all. Maybe that's cute. Maybe that's cute. I could see someone doing that. Maybe <laughs> the someone is not me. Right. Maybe one of them niggas who went back to be a coach or something. Ebony was in the hospital for a few days, and then she was interviewed by the police. She tells them that she did, in fact, shoot Brian after he served her divorce papers earlier that day. And they're like, what was going on? Why did he serve you divorce papers? What's, how was y'all married? And she's like, honestly, what's in a good place? I was tired of being lied on, tired of being cheated. He lied and cheated. And left me confused. I hope that's it. And they was like, okay, so, you know, walk us through what happened that day. And she, she's telling him he disappeared with the daughter or whatever. And they get to arguing. She says Brian slapped her around a few times, pushed her down. Now, the police, they didn't see any visible injuries on her. But her story is her story, right? And now the police continue to question her. Were you expecting divorce papers this day? No. How did you feel when you got them? She says she was pretty calm. And it was like, so, you know, what, what led to the shooting? And she was, like, basically saying that he took away her daughter, who was, quote, the apple of her eye. And she started spinning. He was beating on her. She didn't know what was going on. Now, back at the house, they find the gun at the foot of the bed alongside the divorce papers. And they asked her, did you read the papers in front of him? She's like, no, not in front of him. But she also seems like she, she doesn't really care about the divorce. It was all about her daughter, right? 
And in addition to the gun and the divorce papers, they also find several empty pill bottles. All this time, while the police are continuing their investigation, getting ready to make a case or whatever, she stayed at the medical center of Central Georgia. Then she was moved into a regular room at Central State Hospital. On November 29th of 2011, a Houston County grand jury indicted Ebony on one count of malice murder regarding the death of Brian Smith, and she was given no bond. She was charged with aggravated assault, aggravated battery, felony murder, and possession of a firearm during a crime. And so after this happened, they went to that hospital and they transferred her to Houston County Jail. So she had been in a hospital since the murder happened in July, and it's now November. So then she gets indicted on December 13th of 2011, and in this indictment, they dropped the possession of a firearm charge. She had her first arraignment on May 19th of 2012, where she pled not guilty, and she was only charged with malice murder. On January 16th of 2013, Judge Edward D. Lukemore ordered a mental evaluation of Ebony to determine the degree of criminal responsibility or mental competency at the time of the murder, because... Did you have a break? You just tried to kill yourself. Like, it's very possible that you could have snapped. So let's run some tests and let's see what your mental state was in. Ebony's defense lawyer, Nick White, filed a notice to raise insanity, mental illness, or her being a little touched as a defense. In a new indictment, she was charged with malice murder, felony murder, aggravated assault, aggravated battery, and the possession of a firearm. So they was like, let's move forward. Let's chump it up we we going after her and with these charges trumped up like this ebony got ready to take that shit to trial bitch take that shit to trial bitch take that shit to trial bitch take that shit to trial are you guys anything like me well let me tell you a story once upon a time Marah signed up for a 14 day free trial and then it said after the 14 days that it would be 30 dollars a month of course i told myself that i was going to cancel the subscription but I didn't, and I forgot for months. And then when I try to go into the app, they make it so complicated to end your subscriptions. Luckily, I don't have that problem anymore because I have Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps find and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It also monitors your spending and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions, including my $30 a month for something I never used. So stop being like me. Stop wasting your money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash sisters. That's rocketmoney.com dot com slash sisters rocketmoney.com slash sisters the trial began on august 5th 2013 and judge edward d luke Meyer was presiding over the case the prosecution and the defense sat down and they got ready for trial the trial lasted a total of two and a half days of course, Brian's family was there. Members of Ebony's family were also in the courtroom, and they all watched as Ebony pled not guilty to aggravated battery, aggravated assault, and two counts of possession with a handgun. Brian's brother even was able to get up and testify as a witness, and he talked about how 
everything has been so hard for his niece. My brother comes over and says to his little girl, I'm going to be right back. And then he never comes back. And she hasn't seen, she's four. And she hasn't seen any of her parents in, at this point, almost over a year, right? Uh, I'm just. Yeah, it feels like it. Over, definitely over a year. Yes, definitely over a year. The Houston County Medical Examiner, Dr. James Whitaker, testified that Brian was hit nine different times, shot in the abdomen, chest, right arm, and right leg. And they showed very graphic pictures of the autopsy. When the pictures were shown, Ebony was crying. She didn't get very hysterical, but it was definitely like full-on tears when the pictures were being shown to the jury. Police officer Juan Herrera, who was the crime scene investigator, also testified. And he was talking about how he was able to recover the gun, recover the bullets, but there were five bullets that he was not able to recover because those bullets were in Brian. They also played video footage from their chest cam of when they found Brian's body on the bathroom floor. On that chest cam, he's also looking at the entire house. So you can see basically just a walkthrough of the entire crime scene from the jury standpoint and whoever's watching the trial standpoint. And the bullets were found mostly in the bathroom, but a lot of them traveled through the wall. Some of them were in the master bedroom. You could tell that whoever was shooting this gun was not experienced at all. It was really like a close your eyes and pull the trigger. Houston County Sheriff's Deputy Robert Davis confirmed that Ebony was served the divorce papers that day, the same day that Brian was killed. And did she seem like she was expecting the divorce papers? And he was like, no, it didn't seem like it. And of course, when you're getting served, because they, what I hear is, you know how those movies where they're like, you've been served and people find you. And I've also seen it happen in real life. I've seen a couple of girls get served when I was back in my waitressing days. Mm. Somebody comes up randomly and they serve you and they do the same thing with the divorce papers. Like, I think you have the option to like serve the paper yourself or get them served. Like if people are amicable, you don't need to hire somebody else to serve the paper or like if they're well, in the same house. to the sheriff. The sheriff's deputy did it. I think you might still have to pay for that stuff. You got to pay for evictions. You got to pay. Everything costs money. I got to pay for the sheriff's deputy to do his job. And the sheriff's deputy was like, when I gave Ebony the paper, she seemed like she was pretty calm. And she was like, I didn't really. We talked maybe for a very brief moment. And they were like, okay, did she open the letter? Did she read the papers while you were there? The sheriff's deputy was like, no, because why would I do that? That's weird. Like, I would not sit there and be like, here's your divorce papers. Read them. So, obviously, she didn't read them in his presence. And then all this was happening, and finally, it was time for Ebony to testify in her own trial. Now, for most of her testimony, she kept her head down. She whispered. They had to be like, ma'ams, please speak up. We have to be able to hear you. Court records, all of that. They asked her, did you take the gun? Yes. Was the gun yours? No. Whose gun was it? It was Brian's. Where did Brian keep the gun? He kept the gun in the top dresser. Were you intending to kill Brian? She says, no. I got the gun because I saw it and I was already taking the pills and I just wanted it to all be over. She said that she took the gun because I wanted to kill myself. I wasn't even thinking. I wasn't even thinking about Brian's. If anything, she said I was floating on the pills. And she was like, I just wanted to end my own life. Well, she had the gun in the wrong direction. Right. 
that's a great argument. But she says, as soon as I'm about to take my own life, Brian walks back through the door without my daughter. And I'm already spiraling. I'm already floating on these pills. And I just kept asking him, where's my daughter? Where's my daughter? Where's my kid? And he didn't answer me. And I'm asking for answers right now. Don't ignore me. That is, I'll admit, crazy girl confessions. Ignoring me? Don't like that shit. It's triggering. I don't like it. I don't like when my friends do it. I don't like when my lovers do it. My mama used to do it. I don't like that shit. Why are you ignoring? I'm. Am I invisible? That's rude. And she's like, you put and yourself he's in ignoring a me. Sometimes people put themselves in a position where they need to be ignored. That's that. No, because I exist. You see me. I see you. You see me. Yeah, we both sitting here like two big old barnies. Just make sure. You acting crazy. I can't feed into that. I have to ignore it. But to not acknowledge my presence, especially he walked right through the door. You walked right through the door. Where's my daughter? Don't answer me. She was like, I kept asking me and he told me that he dropped her off. And I was like, where'd you take her? He wouldn't tell me. And so I was like, maybe he took her over to that bitch's house. What, you already got my kid a new mama? Is that what it is? Like, you trying to take my baby? You trying to hide my baby from me? She was like, I had it. Like, my mind was just telling me all of these things. And suddenly I pulled the trigger and I kept pulling the trigger and I pulled it over and over again. And they said, how many times did you pull the trigger? She said, until it was empty. And they're like, tell us more about your relationship. She was like, they just, everybody's saying that he served me the divorce papers, but I'm the one that said I wanted the divorce first. And that happens a lot. Like, I'm going to do it. But if they beat you to the punch, baby, don't tell me you're going to go. I'll let you go. She said that she wanted the divorce first and he just basically beat her to the punch with filing the paperwork she was like i was fully expecting the divorce papers to come that's why i was so calm but when you want to hit me upside the head talking about complete sole custody of our daughter absolutely not so her public defender nick white he's up here arguing ebony is only guilty of voluntary manslaughter did she kill her husband yes but it was only because of, quote, sudden, violent, irresistible passion. She had just been served these divorce papers. He was, quote, hiding her child away from her. She was also, as they say, loose on pills before anything even transpired. She's not even in her right mind when this is happening. This is not a planned thing. This is not like a, oh, you're going to die today. She got caught up in a moment after being hit with the full custody to show back up without their daughter, she was triggered, if anything. He also said, and Brian wasn't perfect either. He had been rough with Ebony in the past and would occasionally slap her around in addition to cheating on her. But the affairs were the main reason for the divorce. He says, Ebony didn't care about the divorce. This is all about the fact that Brian tried to keep their child away from her. As a matter of fact, the issue wasn't even him taking the child in the first place because when they argued, they got the little girl out of there. But when she popped those pills and her mind got away from her, all these negative thoughts crept in about them while she, he was gone. And she started creating these irrational fears in her head that she would never see her daughter again, that he was going to strip this love away from her. And that's when she really started to lose it. She actually tried to overdose on the pills before Brian came back home. But once she returned and she was still awake, 
She got the gun, and she shot at him, a little warning shot, but he continued to ignore her. So she kept firing the gun until he ended up dying. But that was not the intention of pulling the trigger, right? He says it was a horrible thing. It was a crime, but it was not murder. Assistant District Attorney Cliff Wood argued that the legal definition of voluntary manslaughter, quote, does not apply if there is an interval between the killing and the provocation that's sufficient for voice of reason to be heard. You're saying you got upset because he left with your daughter, but he had been gone with your daughter. So you had all this time period to rationalize the situation with yourself. But instead, you decided to move forward with grabbing his gun, pointing it at him and ultimately killing him. He also said Ebony knew where the daughter was. Every time they argued, they dropping the daughter off at a family member or his brother's house. Why would this argument be any different? He said in this nightmare, Brian had no chance. He didn't see it coming. He goes on to question Ebony about the divorce papers, and he's like, I looked through the paperwork, and I didn't see a mention that Brian was seeking full custody of the child. And he was like... Is it possible that a more reasonable course of action would have been for you to get a lawyer and fight this out in the courts for y'all to work out custody? Maybe that could have been an option. Yeah, but I wasn't thinking like that right then. It was such a shock to my system. They continued to ask her over and over again, why exactly did you shoot your husband? And... They struggle to get a straight answer out of her because the more you sit there and question it, it doesn't make sense. Like, why did you shoot him? Because he took my daughter to his brother's house like he always does. Yeah, so why did you shoot him? Because I thought he was going to take so custody of my daughter. I thought he took her to that bitch house. Did you really, though? Because it's not adding up, ma'am. So I'm going to ask you again, why did you shoot your husband? The prosecution also got Brian's brother, Marcus, to testify. And Marcus is the one who found the body. He said, quote, I'm paranoid to the point where I can't go out to social places without thinking something is going to happen. I have to constantly watch my back because of my sense of security. Panic or anxiety attacks are frequent. I can't get the visions of seeing my brother dead out of my head. And I'm having nightmares about it all the time. The former Warner Robins police sergeant, Matt Moulton, testified that he found Ebony lethargic and underneath the covers in her bed. He told the jury that she was very mad, being lied on and cheated. But they had, like, recorded testimony from Ebony. And when they played that back, that part wasn't in the recording. And he was like, oh, that's because the guy who was recording it, he was walking in and out the room, so he didn't get everything that she was saying, which sounds dumb, because if you're recording a statement, even if you had to leave the room, why would you take the recording device with you and interrupt a statement? So I think it, it pokes a hole in the whole, yeah, she was mad about being lied and cheated on. They're trying to make it about the divorce, and she's telling them over and over again, it wasn't about the divorce. I could be done with his dusty ass, cheating ass, lying ass. It's about my daughter. The jury went out for deliberation, and Ebony sat quietly as she waited for them to return. As they returned, they all stood up. She stayed quiet, looked down, and they said, For malice murder, we have found the defendant guilty. Whew. Hurts. And then they say, For felony murder, we have found the defendant guilty. And we do decline the alternative charge of voluntary manslaughter. Whew. 
Her sentencing was set a couple of days later on Thursday, August 15th at 2 p.m. Her father and her sister sat behind her during the sentencing. She turned back to her parents and she was sobbing and she was so upset. Ebony told her lawyers that she didn't want any of her family members to write statements to the court on her behalf because she said that this would be a symbol of her taking responsibility for the shooting. Brian's aunt, Alfreda Smothers, read a statement to the court on behalf of Brian's mom because Brian's mom was just so upset. And in that statement, they talked about how Brian was his mom's refuge, about how Brian's father had a massive and sudden heart attack at the age of 45 after him and her had been married for 28 years, and about how after that, Brian, being the oldest son, really stepped up into his father's shoes, was the man that his father could have been proud of, really took care of the household, helped his mother on a daily basis. She also talked about how... This baby, this poor little four-year-old daughter that Brian had that he loved so much, that he cared for so much, that her childhood is altered forever. Even now, she tosses and turns in her sleep. She's crying almost every night, yelling, asking, where's my daddy? Where's my daddy? She's anxious. She has mood swings. We can already tell that this four-year-old, we have to be, we have to surround her so much because of the actions of Ebony. She still asks, where's my daddy? He said that he was coming right back and he never returned. Brian's brother, Kelvin, wrote a statement and it said, quote, the thing that troubles me the most about this loss is his daughter. To know that she will never get the opportunity to get to see the kind of person her dad was or to know that she will never get to have her dad at graduations. He will never get to see her off to prom. He'll never get to be able to walk her down the aisles. It depresses him. Ebony stood up to receive her fate. She was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 30 years. Ebony's sister started screaming and crying loudly as the sentence was handed down. And Ebony turned back to her parents and to her family, and she was just boohoo crying. And then Ebony was taken away. In April of 2014, Ebony filed an appeal on the basis of wanting to be tried by a judge, but the state insisted that she be tried by a jury. She said that, when she asked for a bench trial and they denied her, that was a violation of her rights and that was the basis of her appeal. But her appeal was ultimately denied. She's currently being held at Arendelle State Prison. And that is the story of Ebony Passion Smith. All right, y'all, it's time for... Well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. I didn't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have got away with it. I ain't do it, but if I did, I would have told him to bring my baby home. I would have not done anything too crazy. Maybe got an argument so he would have left, and I would change changed all the locks at that house. I don't do it, but if I did, why am I trying to kill myself while fighting to keep my daughter? It's contradictory. But I ain't do it if I did. If somebody had to die, and you're already a candidate, like, I never understand when people take both out. If you're going to take yourself out... Make your own decisions about your own life. Don't go and hmm. take somebody down with you. Or maybe just don't kill anybody, yourself included. Because I ain't do it, but if I did, he's right. Get a fucking lawyer. This is all That's what exactly that to be handled say. in the court. Oh, is that the game you're trying to play? It's all right. I'll see you in court. I'll go broke fighting for my kid. I want the best lawyer you have. 
don't care how much it costs. I ain't do it, but if I did, you know what you should have done? You should have got to... If you said that it was your idea to get a, a divorce, I just feel like I'm not married. Uh, but if I am married and I say the word divorce, like even if I'm arguing and say the word divorce, best believe I'm already going to get a lawyer then. Because now you're playing. Because now you're playing. Like, even if I say the word... I ain't do it, but if I did... I would have tried to get an insanity plea. Like, what happened to that? Yeah, she did try. What did happen to that? I guess they found her... Competent, but I would have been like, we need to stay... Do whatever we need to do to stay incompetent to stand trial. Because I feel like there's at least mitigating factors, right, when it comes to her being doped the hell up. I, I would be curious as to what pills exactly she was on and what the side effects of those pills are. But, like, she very well could have not been in her right mind. Yeah, I don't think that she was really in her right mind, to be honest. I don't think you can do temporary insanity. It wasn't like, here are the divorce papers, now here's the gun. It was a crime of passion. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. Parole or no parole? Oh, we'll see what she does with her time. I, ha I haven't heard anything yet, but, like, start a program. Be there for your son and your daughter as best you can from the inside. But that's—I don't understand why y'all be trying to, like, get one parent out the picture and end up losing both. <laughs> You got to think smarter, not harder. No, I, I think that she needs to be in a in a hospital. I don't know if she's still suffering from that anymore. She did spend a good deal of time in the hospital before her arrest, but, like, I don't know that this is, like, an ongoing mental situation or if she was just having a break. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, I don't know, maybe 25 with the possibility. Maybe I'd give her 25 and then we can go to the parole board because she's older, if you look Just at her, argue um, a good case in front of the parole board. We'll see. Yeah, know, if you, you argue say. a good case, especially if you were on drugs, like, come on. Right. All right. This ad is for the adults and the adults only. We use our phones for everything at this point. But did you know that you can use it for some spicy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. My personal favorite. And there's a growing library of fantasies with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash sisters. That's 30 days full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash sisters. Dipsystories.com slash sisters. Go and let your fantasies get wild. Okay, you guys, let's get personal. Now that I'm getting older, I am realizing that my health is changing. More specifically, my gut is changing. And I am now discovering foods that I'm now intolerant of, that I need to pull back on, that I need to eat more of. And it is a lot easier to regulate those things with Green Chef. Green Chef gives you the ability to elevate your everyday wellness with their number one meal kit for clean eating. And I can discover new gut-friendly recipes each 
week. Green Chef is amazing because you can mix and match meals and flavors from different dietary preferences like keto, Mediterranean, gluten-free, vegan, vegetarian, and more. And to help me on my journey of becoming fit and fine, every Green Chef customer gets a free session with their registered dietitians. So you can sign up and start your journey towards being healthier, today. And of course, everything you need is delivered to you to make your convenient, wholesome, and delicious meals directly to your doorstep. Green Chef has definitely helped me save time while I'm trying to eat fresh, trying to tone down, and trying to look good for you. So go to greenchef.com slash 60sisters and use the code 60sisters to get 60% off plus 20% off for your next two months. That's right. That's Green Chef dot com slash 60 sisters that's 60 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next two months thanks again to green chef the number one meal kit for eating well oh my gosh it's time for us to talk about the live show dun, dun. all right hi everybody you have the amazing opportunity once in a lifetime opportunity to see me and taz live and in living color in atlanta georgia on march 23rd 2024 at the Variety Playhouse in Atlanta, Georgia for our very first live show. Tazzy, tell us about it. Are you excited? No. Y'all better get y'all tickets now. <laughs> Might not be another. The way this thing's stressing me out. Yeah. She's having nightmares. I am like chilling. Atlanta? I need you to stretch, friend. Have you been stretching? Mm-hmm. That sounds like a lie. Atlanta, make sure you show up and show out because... Everything rides on your shoulders. If I muster up the courage to do another, if y'all don't act right in Atlanta, how, how can I go someplace else and expect good things? Y'all got to show true. up and show out. That's right. And VIP tickets are sold out, but there are plenty of general seating left. And if we don't sell them, we're not going anywhere else. Yeah, I think that's it. Make sure you come to the live show. We're very excited. Taz isn't. I am. Can't wait to see you guys. She's She'll be okay. Other than that, like, review, subscribe, follow us. Follow us on Twitter, Kill Podcast, on TikTok, Kill Pod, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Find us. We're there. Follow the podcast so that you can get downloads about the show. It's going to be wonderful. Anything else, friend? Talk to us. We talk a bit. Bye. Bye.